Hi, podcast people. You just made my day. Hey, how you doing out there, podcast people? This has made my day. The uh, the show that celebrates the little tiny wonderful things in life. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. This is episode 30. And uh, thanks for being out there listening. Appreciate it. What 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 I do here is I'm a I'm a survivor uh, of uh, uh, major depressive disorder, bipolarism, and a major anxiety stuff like that. <clears throat> it has basically changed my life uh, and transformed uh, me into a different person. And uh, <clears throat> this show is me digging myself out of the hole. So this may be your gig. This may be your thing. Maybe you need this. So I'm doing it for you. Um, I'm going to go through every single day of the last week, and I am going to find at least one thing that made that day worthwhile. This all started, uh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, maybe just right at a year, actually, when I was at a gas station, and a guy pulls up, and he's got the this boom music with swear words and everything. Just not my gig, you know, not my thing. And uh, I figure I'm going to have to sit there and put up with it. Well, another fella pulls up with a louder stereo, and he's pumping, of all things, Millie Vanilli, Don't Forget My Number. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. You know, that one. Um, and I just, I smiled really, really big because that made my day. And it was, for me, one of the first times in a long time, or if at all, that I I found joy in things. Uh, because when you're when you're dealing with depression, you don't you don't get to feel that. You don't get to feel good. Um, you don't get to feel really anything other than than bad. It takes away your joy. It takes away your ho- hobbies. It takes away your feelings, your, the, just the basic ability to, to enjoy things. So when Millie Vanilli came pumping in that gas station and uh, it made my day, I was like, you know what? I got an idea for a show. And and made my day, though I have neglected it much over the last uh, year, um, it was the show that got me back into podcasting because I couldn't be funny on that story show. I I couldn't go through the hassle of of dealing with scheduling things with my daughter for podcast kid or my wife for geek loves nerd. Um, but I could sit down once a week and, uh, and go through the things that, that made my life worthwhile that week. And, and you may be someone that struggles with depression. You may be someone that knows someone that does maybe you live with this person um, or share a life with this person. Maybe you have absolutely no clue in the world. You've just, you know, you've been through a normal series session of depression, no matter what it is. Maybe you just had a bad day. You hate your job. You hate your kids. I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe this show will spark you, uh, spark your interest in, in trying to find one precious thing out of every day. Cause even on the worst days, even on the worst days I've found, that there's something that that can be uh, that that can make it worth it to have gone through that. 
day. Hope that makes sense. All right, so um, I've I've missed I've missed a week or two since the last episode, um, and I don't want to go through all of it because it has to do with Christmas and stuff like that. I know everybody loves talking about Christmas after Christmas is over, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just dot a, dot a few of these. Uh, my kids are from Florida. We just moved to Missouri, and we we had to go out and get winter coats for my kids. And it was just a, it was a huge, uh, annoyance, (laughs) but it was also really funny how they were crapping about having to wear these things. They're trying them on. It's warm in the store. It's not quite really free, you know, cold outside. We're trying to be a little proactive. They don't get it because in Florida, if you wear a jacket, you're going to have it off by noon. You know, if it's a little chilly in the morning, you put throw on a windbreaker, you're good. That's their world. And so they're they're putting these things on. Oh, these are horrible. They're so ugly. They got hoods and they're depleted. And does everybody wear this? You know, they just have no frame of reference. And they weren't being buttheads. They were just genuinely responding to the ridiculous idea in her in their mind of bundling up to keep warm. Now I will say now, now that we're uh, breaking into of uh, January, they are totally on board. Uh, especially my youngest son, he is uh, seven, and he brags to me about the many layers that he puts on <laughs> underneath his uh, his jacket that he bought. So, um, yeah, it's really good. I mean, these are hot. They'd have one. This is so hot. I'm like, that's the point. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, after their first day at school, um where it was really cold, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, everybody's got them on. Okay, cool. So, you know, I'm not as insane as they thought. Um, on our, we, we had a Christmas, we had a series of Christmas services at my church. My church is a home church, um, which, sound, which means we're in a cult. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's just a few of us, and we get together, and we hang out, and we have a pastor, and uh, his name's David. He's my, my best friend in the whole world. And he decided, he sat down with me, his son, uh, another uh, associate pastor. And he says, you know what? We're going to take four Sundays and we're going to do four Christmas services. And we're going to just hit it four different ways. Um, I don't know if I said this on the last show, but um, one, one of the things that I got to do was read uh, my story. I wrote a, I've written a series of different uh, Christmas stories. And one of them is called The Very Last Room. And you can find it on YouTube if you look up Very Last Room, James Kennison. And uh, I, got to, I got to read that and show the illustrations um, in, in my night. My night was sharing that, that story. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but, but there was a, one of them we did where uh, I think it was the first night where David challenged us to be uh, to to share what we were grateful for, and um, a, a lot of the folks were, uh, you know, it's hard to speak out loud for you know with in a crowd for so many people, and so they say the first thing that comes to their mind, and I think they meant it a hundred percent, but it, it's also just you know people do that, and so a lot of stuff about family and friends and. Uh, God and all this stuff. And, and I really took it upon myself while the, while the 
uh, you know, it was going around the table. It's kind of like at the restaurant where you're like, um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll know what I want by the time you guys get around to me. So I was waiting and thinking while they were kind of getting around the circle to me. And I realized what I'm the most grateful for of all is, is hope, hope. Cause that's the thing that depression steals from you is hope. And it tells you that everything is going to be wrong. Everything is going to be ruined. Everything is ruined, has been ruined. Your past is a lie. It's a fail, a series of failures that led you to this moment right now is horrible because of the pain and the anxiety and the, the, the poison that you feel like you are to your loved ones and your friends that, that, you know, you don't know if they don't understand you or if you're pushing them away. Um, Hope is the last thing that you have because every other thing I've ever been through, I've always seen a light at the end of the tunnel. Even if it was just, as they say, by faith, where even if it was I went up there and put the light bulb in myself and came back and then trudged towards it, knowing it was just a light bulb in the tunnel. Um, but with depression, it takes that away too. Like you literally have to face the fact that this might be the way my life is for the rest of my life. And, um, I've had conversations like that with my daughter who is now 11. Um, and so I said, I was thankful for hope and, and it, and, and it wasn't this big, Oh, ah, shocking moment, you know, fiery doves fell down on everybody's heads because they went on to the next person and the next person. But when we were all done, my daughter pulls me up. She goes, I, when they were doing that thing, she just says, I, I knew you'd come up with something. <laughs> and, uh, and the thing is, I didn't come up with something, you know, nobody else there, you know, said, Oh yeah, I should have said hope. Oh, oh. But on the other flip side, nobody said, Oh, how pretentious is he? He couldn't say family like the rest of us. It was just out of humility. You know, it was just out of the, where I was in life, but only someone who has been with me like she has and, you know, would, would appreciate that. And, uh, she knew, she knew, uh, that, that, uh, she knew that that was legitimate. That was a very real and awesome thing that we had. And it may have been for her the first time she heard it like, Oh, we have that. I didn't know we had hope. Awesome. <laughs> so it's good. That's a good thing. And that's got us up through last Sunday, by the way, or whatever. Um, now I'm going to jump forward just a little bit here. Oh, this is one of the things that happened before Christmas. So it's been a while, but um, it, was, it was a hard thing. It was a hard thing and an easy thing, as it turned out. I used to be a, a children's pastor. I was a children's pastor at a large, very large church in, in Kansas City, inner city, Kansas City, called Sheffield Family Life Center. And I was there um, for 10 years total, eight years paid because I was like an intern. And I did eight years as children's pastor. And um, and then I, we moved to Florida where I was there for five years. And now we're here in our sixth year uh, back in Missouri. So all my kids, because I graduated several, you know, every year, obviously, I'd graduate kids up to middle school, to the middle school ministry. But they had um, some sort of big thing. Our, our, our denomination had a big thing in, our, in um, 
uh, in Missouri and uh, just right outside of St. Louis. And I got a, a, a message on, um, on Facebook from a young lady. She happened to be the daughter of the man that I used to work for, the pastor that I used to work for at uh, Sheffield. And uh, she says, we're all going to be going to the city museum. It would be awesome to see you. And then I said, who all? And she's like, oh, yeah, just a bunch of kids from Jam City. And and these guys are not the first generation that I graduated because they kind of belong to the children's pastor before me. You know, I only had them for a year. These were the kids that were with me from kindergarten. Like, they didn't know anybody else. I was their children's pastor all the way up through fifth grade. And that's who was there. And and I wasn't doing real well at the time. Um, you know, and, and, and so I immediately was filled with dread. Because here's the thing is the past. I mentioned it before. The past will, will wreck you when you have... Because it will say anything you've done, anything good you did, any wonderful thing that you, you know, creative thing that you accomplished just is a, it turns into a, a reflection of pure evil because it says you used to do that. Yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing. I'll give you that. But you sure couldn't do that now. You'll never be that person again. That's not you. I couldn't believe it ever was. That's the kind of stuff that happens. Luckily, depression's in your brain, though. It's not like a little sock monkey that follows you around talking to you all the time. That would be, I think that's a whole different kind of illness, but uh, maybe that happens for people. I don't know. So I should count my blessings, right? So needless to say, I was trying to find a way out of this. Um, and then suddenly I was just like, you know what? No, we're, we're going to do this. I, I wish I had a wonderful story of transition to tell you that, you know, beams of holy light came down from heaven and I was told, you need to go see those kids because this isn't about you, it's about them. Um, no, I, I just was like, you know what? I got my kids from school. Um, they, I have nothing for them to do once we get home. So I'm going to take them to city museum. <laughs> and if I happen to run into my kids that are all grown up now, then so be it. And uh, so that kind of helped my helped me trick myself into thinking, yeah, it's not we're not going to see these people. That's stressful. Let's go for your kids, and then you know, if it works out, it works out. So it did work out, and I ran into these guys, and it's insane how much people, you know, kids grow. Um, these kids, like I said, were anywhere between third, fourth, fifth grade when I left, and now they're heading to college next year, a lot of them. Um, and it was hard because I would look in their eyes and I could kind of tell who knew me. And and I, I, I didn't know all of them. I, I didn't. And that's because it was a giant church. And I had, you know, anywhere, I mean, at the, the peak, we had about 350 kids just in elementary, and that would be first to fifth grade. And even when we were low, we're talking about, you know, just under, just above 200 kids. And that's when I would be all upset. Oh, man, I can't believe nobody was there today. You know, <laughs> stupid. But uh, but I didn't know everybody, but I'd look in their eye, and there was that, especially with the ladies, the little girls, or the girls, 
you know, does he remember me? We had a lot of kids with no dads and, and a lot of uh, boys with no dads for that matter. And I know that look, I know that look, does someone, there's, there's a male that meant something to me back then. Does he remember me? And I don't know if it was Jesus. I don't know if it was my ability um, to recognize, you know, something in the kids or to read their eyes or whatever. I will just say this as many positive forces that <laughs> I, they came together and they helped me to remember um, all the kids and their names. You know, I'm not going to claim all of them, but I knew like family groups <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, it's the Coronados. What's up? You know? And um, they were taller than me. <laughs> Most of them. I'm five ten. I used to be five, nine and a half. I'm five ten. I'm perfectly, absolutely right there in what they call uh, neutral, uh, neutral, um, average I'm the average height. So it was a little sad when my, my kids were all grown, but I, I said a couple things to him that, well, one thing in particular that I can remember is I said, guys, I'm, I'm so proud of you. They were there for some sort of youth event, like a big old youth thing. And, and they're all involved in, in their youth departments and then about to start getting involved in the young adults. And I just said, guys, I follow a lot of you guys on, you know, on Facebook. I love, there's a lot of them that aren't here that I follow and not everybody's done as well as you guys have. And I said, so thank you. You know, thank you for taking care of yourself and (laughs) sticking with it, you know? Um, Because for all those kids that love Jesus and are, you know, keeping themselves pure and are not, you know, messing around with alcohol and, you know, excess and, and other kinds of vices for every one of those. I've got a Brandon who, um, was the greatest kid in the world. He's awesome kid. I think I've talked about him on every podcast I've ever been on. He's just a little short little white kid that grew up in the inner city. Just totally thuggish little dude. He brought a fish <laughs> into church one time that was on a stick. He'd stuck the fish <laughs> He, he says, I caught this. I'm like, hey, you, you, you speared it. You didn't catch it. Catch it with a hook and all this. Uh, but he, he, he uh, we were at a Christmas, um, Christmas Eve service. And we always did a candlelight lighting at the end. And, and David, who actually worked there with me too, he, he taps me on the shoulder and I look down at Brandon. Brandon's got the dang candle lit in his head, in his sweatband, just with his arms crossed. Like he's run DMC uh, like he's just like thug life. Um, this was the same kid that came in my, my office one time was his mom was doing counseling or something. He came in and he's looking at all my buzz Lightyear stuff. And he says, he says, I, I know you think I don't listen, but I do. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't think you don't listen, you know, but you, you are a kind of busy little guy. And he says, we'd been doing the fruits of the spirit. And he says, I could do, I can do all the fruits of the spirit. I know them. I know I can prove, I can prove to you that I've, that I've been listening. And I said, Oh yeah. And he goes, yeah. So we'll go for it. And I, I was feeling sorry for him because I knew he's, you know, not going to do it. Right. I just, I just had my mind made up that he was not listening and learning. And he goes, um, he says, love, joy, peace, patience, and the rest of them. <laughs> And uh, I just laughed my head off. Uh, 
because he didn't need to say the rest of them. He 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 had the concepts in his heart. But but Brandon, um, you know, when I look him up now, all his uh, he still lives in the same neighborhood. He's just a taller version of what he was. Except his eyes are just dazed, I guess, dusty, dark. And every post he puts up on Facebook is about, you know, uh, weed. So I guess I should be happy he's not on meth. That's that's one of my other kids. I just got a, I got a, a report from, from the mother. It says, please pray for Shelby. She was a cute little girl, always on the fringe. A uh, little white girl. Uh, raised in the city, less of a city influence though, just because of the way, um, you know, the school she went to and, and all that. But, but she was the kind that would smile at you, but look down and kind of, you know, didn't need the hugs, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and now she's got to be 18 and she's on meth. So this is supposed to be a positive show. <laughs> I I guess I'm saying all that to say that visiting with these kids, because you, know, you hear that your kid's on weed and, and a kid you used to hang, you know, spend time with and tell about Jesus is on meth. That is a that is a that is a slap in your own face. You know, James, you're up there talking about freaking, you know, Zacchaeus. And you should have been telling them about life and how it was going to eat them up and how it was going to try to tear them down. Problem is, you can't do that to a first grader. What are you going to say? And you can't be their you know, youth pastor, too. Some kids just make their choices. I understand that. But... When I was at this place and I got to visit with these kids that were still on the straight and narrow, that gave me perspective. It gave me balance, balance in the balance of the force. Because it's like, okay, you influence these kids, and I always used to think, kind of like, oh, they've forgotten me, because you know the youth pastor is the one that always gets all the credit, right? You know the the. Whether whether the kid ends up pregnant or ends up you know in the Bible school, uh, the the youth guy gets the credit for either one of those because it's like why didn't you do your job? You know, but it is nice to know that at least the kids I must have some sort of Im- impact on them that um, that they would look me up. So anyway, it turned out great. The visit was awesome. I had a lot of anxiety that day, and that was the reason why I wanted to stay or away. And then it kind of just it kind of lifted for a bit. And I was like, let's take advantage of this. Let's go. And uh, I tricked myself into going, it met up, it went great. And, um, I got, I, that was a, that was a good, uh, it was a good talk. Good talk. Good talk. All right. Now I want to jump in about, uh, this week. I don't know if you guys know, but we moved, we moved. Uh, I, you already know, you heard me say we moved from St. Petersburg, Florida to St. Louis, um, and I used to live in St. Mary's, so I like these saint cities. Uh, but we moved from the rental house that we 
are still currently renting into the home that we found finally that would meet our needs. And one of the needs that it met is I get a basement studio space. Like I had a long time. And actually I've never had anything like this, this much space. And so I've got, I've got my Buzz Lightyear stuff that's slowly being, um, you know, spread around and displayed. I've got a multimedia area with a couch and a television. And then I've got uh, a desk for my Wacom tablet where I do my comics. I've got this desk I set up for podcasting. And then I've got uh, my gaming rig behind me. And um, a lot of this stuff was, was acquired over years and years and years of uh, saving and doing artwork for people. And uh, more recently, getting Patreon support from nice people like you that has helped me to, you know, just amp up everything and do a better job at, uh, at what I want to be, which right now is a, uh, a positive, uh, speaking, you know, um, uh, podcaster, you know? So, um, <laughs> we, we moved in and, uh, it was right before Christmas and so I want to I want I want to save you all of the tedious stuff, and I just want to say that by Friday, last Friday, uh, we had finally unpacked the last box. And I, you you guys, if you've moved, then you know when you get that last box, it's usually like a bunch of weird stuff, like some shoestrings and a toilet plunger and a book and you're like, Oh, that's where those shoestrings were, you know, and you, you've missed them desperately needed that toilet plunger. And there it is. So you've already bought another one, but you know, you got that one now too. So it was really, it was really cool. I believe Friday though was also the night my wife rigged up. Cause I had, I, I still get anxious and I did not want to go to star Wars. I, I wanted to, I want to see star Wars really bad, but I didn't want to do it with, you know, shoulder to shoulder with people. I used to get off on that. I used to love being in a part of a, of a giant group of people, you know, that were passionate about a movie. I, I went and saw all three of the, um, the, the prequels that way. Um, and it was just an excitement in the air. I, I didn't want to do that. And so she was awesome. She found a place that you can pick where you want to sit which is pretty darn cool. And then uh, you also get to sit in these lounge chairs that have butt warmers and back warmers. And there's a menu and little guys come running out. I I say little, Uh, they should get little people so they won't block the screen, but they get people, you push a button and they come out and they take your order. Um, Being the cheap people that we really are, we figured we spent enough on the tickets to sit in these chairs. We didn't order nothing. But we, my wife took me to see Star Wars, and it was good. It was really good. You know, the internet hates it, or some parts of the internet hate it. But I'll tell you this, without no spoilers at all, if you like the original trilogy, you will find yourself, like, it, I'll say it this way. If the original trilogy was a really good meal that you had 20 years ago, and, and you you haven't been able to mimic that meal or a cook hasn't been able to do that. This movie is like that same cook coming back and making that great meal again. And and it's got it's taken some hits 
for that. Oh, it relied too much on the old stuff. I'm like, no. J.J. Abrams says, look, I wanted to use some of the relationships from the old movie to create new, you know, help to spawn the new ones that will go on from there. I absolutely agree. From a storytelling perspective, he did exactly the right thing. And I don't care how much it leans on Star Wars. Tell me this. Did you enjoy the episode, the prequels? Did they make sense to you? Was there something a little off? Maybe they should have relied a little bit more on the original trilogy as well. So, boom. I got to see Star Wars in a lounge chair. So, that was pretty awesome. Saturday. My, uh, you'll, Saturday, I talked about this on uh, podcast, uh, That Story Show. I believe it was 149. My daughter has never been the kind to do stupid things. She cut her, you know, cutting her hair, crawling or uh, marking on the walls, you know, uh, destroying things. She's never been that kind of person. And so it was really funny when my my wife came and brought me down and and she says, just come down when you can. Because I was reading to my son, like, dude, we got to find out now. This is weird. So. We, we start to go down. My wife says, no, 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 don't let him come down. She'll be embarrassed. And then that just took it to a whole new level. What, what, what is going on? You know, and I'm hoping it's not female stuff because I'm going to stay upstairs too. Um, but I, I go ahead and I send Jay back to his room. I go down and my daughter has taken a comb and she has apparently twisted it into her long hair. And I didn't know this it, something in the back of my head reminds me of something one of my sisters might have done, but she was apparently trying to curl her hair and got it caught up and had spent a good 10 minutes trying to get it loose and had gotten it so bad. That it was just this knot, this solid wad of hair. And, um, I wanted to laugh. I wanted to laugh a lot. Um, but I didn't want to embarrass her anymore than she had already. So, um, we eventually did finagle the thing out. We just broke it into smaller chunks with some pliers that I had. But my wife thought that was funny because um, these were the same pliers that I used to fix my daughter's braces about a year ago. <laughs> Don't ask. Just something happened, and I fixed it with these pliers <laughs> that were made to be used on cars. Uh, all right. So I, uh, that was my that was my make my day moment right there in uh, on Saturday. All right, Sunday, um, I I I knew I, I contacted John and Christian. They are my co-hosts for that story show. I had been setting up. Um, I, they said yes, we would like to do something on Tuesday night. I said great. So I you know I had a lot of work to do. I had to I wanted to do a new logo. I wanted to um, update the show notes and all that. Then I also had to unpack and find all the cables and get everything set up for um, my podcast setup. And it, and I did that. I finished that on, on Sunday night, um, late, late. And I ran it, ran through it, ran it through its paces. I simplified it a lot. I took out a lot of the computers that I was using for gaming and multitasking with those. Or, or dual use, I should say, and I and I brought it down to an old laptop that I found that will that will run Skype and allow me to uh, you know keep track of show notes and stuff. I'm looking at it now, reading off my my week, and um, so it was really helpful and awesome to to have that accomplished. And anybody out there that uh, 
that that you know is finished loading or unloading the dishwasher when you didn't want to or you felt like it was just going to be a big old pain um will know how i felt when that happened so that was sunday uh monday we're getting a little more uh up to date here this is weird i uh my title says talking with a dude from russia about forgiveness and church pressure that's what i wrote down I was on my uh, phone and there we have a pages app. I have several pages and one of them is for a discontinued um, podcast I used to do called Help on a Children's Pastor. And, and and it's still out there and available and people still listen to it and they write in and ask questions. And, you know, I still interact with folks. But this was, I, I didn't know it did this. It was a message sent to that page or that show uh, similar to the messaging app that you can download, but you have to go there. And I, I had never checked it. I don't know how long, you know, maybe it had been three days since the guy had, had posted it, but um, I've had several messages sent on this thing in the past, I guess that I've ignored that are, that just seem to be, you know, like the Nigerian prince that needs you to take his money and invest it or something. It's been that kind of stuff, except children's ministry related. But this one, this one seemed legit. And I don't know, he could be from Romania, but he's definitely an ESL guy, English second language. Let me just read it to you because it's worth it. It's fun. And if you're working in a factory, you need, you need me to distract you from what you're doing. So here we go. He says, hello, God forgive people when they repent in front of a church or if you ask forgiveness from God personally and cease that sin, then God forgive you. Okay, so basically I'll translate. Does God forgive people when they repent, when they repent in front of a church or when they repent privately? Uh, you know, which one? You know, as long as you quit the sin and you ask for forgiveness, will God forgive you? And uh, immediately I was stricken with um, just a little bit of sadness for the guy because apparently either he is misunderstanding things or he is being told things um, that aren't true. When we think about forgiveness, yes, there is that idea of he is faithful and just and will forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that, that when we confess our sins and we have to do that and it's a continuous thing. But in the big picture, in the in the in the when you back way up, I'll, this is what I told him. I, I just really wanted him to realize how uni, not universal that forgiveness is, but how how I kind of see it. I just wrote this: God forgave you when you accepted Christ. Boom. Seriously, all the work was done on the cross. See, it, it just kind of takes it out of our hands and puts it in God's hands, you know, are we in charge of God's forgiveness or is God in God? You know, just, I kind of lean in his direction there. Repenting in front of a church may be what some people need, or they might just be trying to show off. Repenting privately works, but if you need a friend to help you stay on the right track, private may not be the best. So I sent him that and um, lo and behold, he writes back. He says, I'm on the right track now. I have done the sin long time ago. I asked 
help from God to terminate it, and God did it. I also repent personally. But the question is, every time in the church they mention that person who does this sin should come forward and repent. When they say so, I thought it's me, and they are saying, but I am afraid to go in front of the church to repent of my old sins because I am a shy person. I am asking you if God still doesn't forgive me because I didn't repent in front of the church or if he already forgave me because I repented personally. Thanks. So he, he um, he's basically asking the same thing with a little bit more detail. And so since he said the same thing, I said the same thing. God forgave you 2,000 years ago when he put all of our sins on Jesus as he hung on that cross. There's no need to dredge up your old sin and drag them into a public place. There's no need to feel guilty for sins of the past. The Bible says that when we ask, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A clean person has nothing to confess. I'm sure that the call that the ch- I'm sure the call at the church was for someone else. Okay, so he's just feeling guilty. And if they're calling out people who are who are doing what <laughs> um, middle school boys do, then that's kind of a rude thing, in my opinion. You're just wanting to embarrass somebody. Anyway, he says, thanks a lot. God bless you abundantly. And then I thought that was it. Well, no, today. Another question. Hello. When other people are praising God with dance in a church, I dance, but not too much like David, according to Holy Scriptures. Does God mind it? And also, I don't have any participation in our church, but I'm willing to follow all the church's activities. I always try my best then will heaven be entered by those who have participation in a church? So this poor guy's struggling, struggling with his church, and I don't blame him. Um, I just said this. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That is all that truly matters. Everything else is extra and non-essential to your entrance into heaven. That being said, going to church is something that Paul says is very important. Uh, uh, being with people who share your faith is a great way to stay on the right path in life. As far as dancing and expressive worship, I believe that the way we each express our worship to God is as unique as our own personalities. Some people dance, some get happy, others get solemn and quiet and still, others may cry or sit absolutely still. Your worship Even your worship at church is between you and God. The Bible says that man judges from the outside, but God judges from the inside. And there's no sense in mimicking the way someone else worships if your heart is focused more on being accepted by your church rather than being accepted by God. If you dance, dance for God. He knows your heart and he knows when we worship from our spirits in truth. He writes back, thanks greatly. I am glad you are more helpful to me. So could you tell me things that I should do to get to heaven? <laughs> Bless his heart. I'm really eager to find God's kingdom, rather anything else, because I found them useful without God. I I quitted everything that sudden saddens him. He said sudden, but I get it now. Be blessed. And then he says, sorry, not sadden, sadden, not sudden. 
I made a lot of mistakes in my previous message. Sorry. I found them useful and I wrote back. No problem. Um, so, so it's a continuing, you know, thing that we're doing to, and it's, and it's really, um, it's really unique and fun, <laughs> but I, I feel bad cause you know, there's the, there's that just ESL thing. It, it, you got to wonder how much am I, am I getting? So I kind of try to speak a little more plainly um, similar to the way he's, you know, and try to use the words he's using. So, um, but it's good that there's a guy out there that, that cares that much. I just, I just hate it for him because, you know, just be a Christian, dude, <laughs> you just do it. Just be that. And, and don't worry about all that all the stuff, you know, that we, that man has put on you. And, um, that's a reminder to me and to you as well, you know, in the, in the big picture, the biggest picture of all, um, Christ died for your sins. And you, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ, you know, was raised from the dead, you will be saved. And, and, and that's, that's pretty much it, you know? Um, the Holy Spirit's there to give you the, the power to live for him and, and, uh, you know, tug on the, tug on those heartstrings. And yes, you are always, you know, supposed to strive for God and blah, 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 blah. But there's one thing I've learned from, from my problems with, uh, discipline or discipline, uh, d- uh, depression and all that kind of stuff is, that 99.99999% of my relationship with God is God. Because when I was so down, I couldn't even handle the idea of having to maintain a relationship with anyone, including God. When I let go, God did not. And that's not what I expected. I expected judgment and a big old fiery response, you know, like I was going to have to dig my way back to him eventually, but for now, but no, he did not let go. And, um, if people realized how, how easy it is to, you don't have to earn the love of God. And we, we, we are taught that, especially us in America. But um, hopefully that'll something I'll get across to my my Romanian friend over there. Uh, I hope so. That'd be awesome. Um, so yeah, that was good. That was started on Monday. Um, oh, uh, Tuesday was awesome because we recorded that story show. I got uh, John Steinklobber, Christian Sudrath back together, and both of the guys also. I I asked them to come up with a segment of their own that they would add to the program. And one of them was a quiz. Um, another one was, um, oh my goodness. Oh, a story that we would have to fi- figure out if it was true or not. And just some, some stuff that mixed up the storytelling stuff a little bit. And we've gotten a lot of great uh, feedback for some from some very key listeners. So I appreciate that. And uh, I'm excited. I hope that we will continue to do that. That's been the most challenging thing about this podcasting deal is the inconsistency. But um, I'm happy to say that right now I'm in a very good place. My new doctor uh, changed a lot of my meds around and it seems like she found, you know, what I will quote unquote call with a wink and a nudge, uh, my miracle drug. And uh, it seems to be the thing that's making me back to me. 
So it's interesting. It's good. It's good stuff. So recording TSS was awesome. You can check it out at thatstoryshow.com or in iTunes or however you get your uh, your podcast. Wednesday, um, episode 149. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we just got a lot of good episodes. I just mentioned it, so I'll skim over this. Wednesday, started getting episode uh, 149 or 249 feedback. And that was just great. That was the best thing about that day is is that people, as soon as you put out that podcast, people are listening to it. And I can't believe how fast people, you know, just just wolf that stuff down and then can can come back with um, with some great feedback. It's good stuff. Uh, Thursday, uh, kind of a random thing to be talking about, but we were ta- my wife and I were talking about uh, most people do these Elf on the Shelf thing. Well, we don't really do that because we're too cheap to buy the dumb elf and we think he's freaky looking. So my son is always just uh, giving us a couple of stuffies and they come to life. They're winter type stuffies. And so they're, I, I don't know, I'll call it secret stuffies or Santa stuffies or whatever. But last, this year she, she just said how, how good I did on those. You know, first thing I did is I waited till the 15th after we moved in to the new place and, uh, and, and yeah, the ideas just came and, and I did them and they were real simple. Some of them were, were real, uh, simple and Jay just absolutely loved it. And he loved figuring out what, what had happened each night. He loved finding wherever they were. So it's the same stuff that, a you know, the, the, the elf does, but, um, there's three, there's three of them that I got to deal with. So, uh, like one night I, I had them just at the top of the, of the cabinets and little pieces of string hanging down. Like they had climbed up there like mountaineers, you know, things like that. Um, another time that they had, uh, they had left a, a box of sugar cereal cause the kids don't drink, eat sugar cereal, but they, they got him some, got him some, you know? So, uh, but the part that I really, that really made my day about it was how easy, when I realized how easy it was, I said, you know, she goes, well, you did some really good ones last year, but this year was really good. And it seemed like you enjoyed it. And I said, I did. And I, but uh, you know, yes, I did last year and yeah, I did a whole lot more and put a lot more into it. I said, but it was like stressful, you know, every single night was like, Oh, I got to do this. Uh, and it just wasn't that way this time. And it wasn't just the stress of I've got to do it. It was the stress of I've got to do it good. You know, um, and, and I didn't have that this time. It was just, it was just, oh, that'd be fun. Let's put string, you know, have them stand at the top. Jay will figure out that they climbed up there. Um, so <laughs> depression sucks and not, ha- and not, you know, and being free. I, I'm crossing my fingers on that one. Being free of it is the best. So uh, this catches up to today. Today, I got to see Star Wars with the kids. And it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I picked him up from school. I called Jen. I was like, I want to take him to uh, to, to the movies. He's not going to bother you. She says, no, because all I want to do is talk to him about it. I don't care. So uh, as soon as I got him from school, I drove all the way out to the uh, to the county. And um, we went to the uh, the kids had no clue where we were going. They just assumed we were going to the grocery store because we go to the grocery store out in the county most of the time. So we turn off the highway and the road that connects 
and I always use GPS everywhere we go because I'm still lost in this in this scary city place. Um, but the road right before the theater is called Movie Lane, and so we t- you know the 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 GPS lady announces turn left on Movie Lane, and my kids are like Movie Lane. That is the dumbest thing ever. Why do they call it Movie Lane? And um, we. Of course, we drive right into the parking lot of a movie theater. Well, this movie theater doesn't say movies on the side. It doesn't even say cinema on the side. It says cine, which I think is like uh, French. There's a lot of French stuff in, in St. Louis. So I park, and I said, you know what? We ought, we ought to go ask them. We're, we're going to go in real quick, and we're going to ask them what about this. this Why'd they name that movie road? Wouldn't you like to know? And they're like, okay, this is weird. And as we're walking up, Jay's like, this looks like a movie theater. And because they saw the posters, I'm like, you know what? It looks like to me, it looks like a little mall, like an 80s mall. And it did. And so I threw them and we go up there. We get in line. And when it was my turn, I'm, I'm sure they fully expected me to ask, you know, why, you know, about this movie road. And I said, can I get two kids, one adult for uh, four o'clock Star Wars? And you just saw them seize up. And they were just holding still. And as soon as we got out of there, they started dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was really fun. But the best part was sitting there in in the uh, in the theater and hearing the gasps at exactly the right stuff, you know. Um, I can't tell you what any of them are in case you haven't seen it but if you have then you know what i'm talking about especially if you saw it with a kid all the different parts just like oh you know the setups and the payoffs as they call them things that they they did and then oh but i i can't say one thing without spoiling it my son got a bb-8 uh remote control because uh, he just loved it and he wanted it and and that was his big gift and so he got it and um and he played around with it for a while and then he was just kind of faded you know faded too soon for a freaking $90, $80 thing. But um, BB-8's all over this movie, and so now, oh, he loves him some BB-8. So <laughs> that's a really cool thing. Um, it was also really cool that I didn't have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the movie. So that's another thing that made my day. Well, uh, tomorrow, um, I'm supposed to be hanging out. Jenna, Jenna's having a play date. Uh, where the kids are coming over here and that's something we haven't done since I lost my job or I lost, I always say I lost. I, went, I quit my job uh, at the church there in, um, in Florida. We, we kind of lost all our friends and we weren't great at making friends and we're still not great at making friends. Um, but it's cool that my daughter is and she's got some people coming over and it's our brand new house. And so I'm kind of excited to show it off a little bit. Um, another thing that's uh, I'll say is Wednesday, and I think every Wednesday, I'm going to start taking my kids. We have a Y in the area, YMCA. My wife got a membership, and they have this amazing swimming pool, and they have a, a, like a lazy river that kind of connects to it and, and a little circle, tidal wave kind of circle thing. And... um. So it's freezing here. It's hard to play outside because it gets dark at like 4.30, which is stupid. And um, my kids are barely done 
with homework usually by that time. So it's really hard to get them, you know, any kind of outdoor exercise, even though we have a small backyard. But man, getting in the car and taking them swimming like like what we used to do in Florida, that's awesome. And the whole area is indoors, and it's like 80 degrees in there and humid, so I don't have to wear a jacket and sit there and read, read my Game of Thrones books on my on my Kindle, and we're set. So there you go. That's my overall thing for the week. How about that? It's not the best thing, but it's a little bonus for you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm 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 always amazed that people. We'll sit and listen to me. So thank you for doing that. If you have any MMD moments of your own that you would like referenced or mentioned on here, if you have any feedback at all, you can send those things to MMDcast at gmail.com or my personal email, james at nlcast.com. And uh, just tag it somewhere, you know, with a hashtag MMD or even just a regular MMD. So I will be able to file it away and get it pulled up in in, uh, in the right place you can always hit me up on facebook as well um join the nl cast community facebook group um you could like uh made my day on uh, on facebook of course and then uh, leave us a review in itunes if you haven't that always helps and uh, this this episode and everything that i do is sponsored uh quite a bit by uh, my listeners and so if you're interested in supporting made my day or any of the podcasts that I do, uh, go to patreon.com slash MMDcast and uh, see if you can't, uh, you know, I don't know, a dollar an episode. How about that? That sounds pretty good. A dollar an episode. Um, until then, God bless you. I hope the best for you. May you help a Romanian Christ, struggling Christian find uh, a better way, whatever that means in your own world. <laughs> And uh, I'll see you guys next week right here on May My Day. Peace.